listening to RMD Studios. Welcome to The Table, a podcast for leaders to build community, have conversations, and share resources. Welcome to The Table Podcast. My name is Sean Rainey, and I'm your host. This podcast is created by the Church Ministries Department and the RMD Studios. The goal of this podcast is always to provide resources, training, and networking to the ministries of the local church. Now, today we have a very special Father's Day edition here on the Table Podcast. I have a very special guest with us here today. Today, I'm going to be interviewing my dad, Gil Rainey. Hey, Dad, it's so great to have you on the podcast here today. Well, it's good for me to be here, too. That's awesome, man. Well, so for Father's Day, we wanted to talk about a special topic, a topic that I feel needs to be talked about in our local churches here today, how the church needs godly men and how men need the church in their lives and in their families. Dad, I see so many of these young dads, young husbands out there that, you know, they just didn't have the example that I was blessed to have in a dad. I see guys wanting to serve their church. They're wanting to lead their families, but they just don't know how. So I'm excited to dive in this talk with you here today. Dad, let me ask you this first question. What is your definition of being a good man or being a godly man? Well, I think it it all starts off with a respect for your elders and and then providing for your family. Yeah. You know, like food, clothes, shelter, that's that's important. Yeah. But another thing that you do for your family, and I always try to do, make them, keep them smiling and make sure that they laugh at least once a day. <laughs> That's good. And don't, don't be so serious. You know, it's, life is, is short. It is serious, but, you know, cut them a little slack and try to keep them smiling and laughing. That's good. Well, I know for me growing up uh, on the West Bank of New Orleans, you kept us uh, active and laughing. You and mom both, man. We, we had a pretty, uh, pr- pretty fun upbringing. I can say that for sure. So um, let me go into this next question. What are the characteristics of being a godly father? Well, I think it's uh, for me, be slow to speak but be ready to give advice. Yeah. And the advice, where I get my advice is from God's word. Mm. And also never discipline your children in anger. So let me ask you this. What, what types of leadership roles? I know I watched you growing up in church that you did so many different things for our local church, the church that I grew up in. You volunteered a lot. You led a lot. Um, what, what were some of those leadership roles that, that you held in the local church? Well, I was a, uh, I was a usher and a children's church teacher for the night, the night service on Sunday nights. And then uh, I also was a, 
the Royal Ranger helper. Which one of those did you love the best? I think the best one was the children's church teacher. Why, why would the, you, you say know, that? The kids, the kids were had, you know, were like, they were like four to nine, at that age group around that. And I was in charge of the puppets. And we had to, you know, make a little skits <laughs> with me and your mama. And, you know, I would teach them with the puppets. I yeah. would make up little skits and stories. Wasn't like uh, no fancy stuff, you know, but just simple stuff. And, oh, the kids loved it. And I, we, we liked doing it. It was on Sunday nights. That was on the old church on uh, on 4th Street. Man. That was a long time ago. <laughs> a lot then of we, years we'd ago. Do the, we'd do the singing and all of that. Uh, the Father Abraham and, you know, the, uh, the, the, uh, the ants go marching one by one, all of that, you know. That's awesome. The, the kids loved it, you know. That's right. That's right. What examples, I know for me growing up, I, I watched you be a great dad. Uh, and, and I get to look to you and, and look to those things. Who did you look to as an example uh, to be the type of dad that, that you are and the dad that you strive to be? Well, uh, my, my dad, he, he was my hero. <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, he taught me how to be a man. Yeah. That's all right. And uh, my uh, my my grandpa's they they taught me how to be have patience and kindness. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, my father-in-law. He was married for uh, 70 plus years yeah. to the same woman. <laughs> and he taught me long lasting love for your wife. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I'm a little uh, choked up. Man. That's all right, man. That's all right. Those examples that you had in your life, you know, every, every one of those men have, have passed away now. You know, so many of these young guys and, and young dads growing up uh, didn't have the opportunity or maybe wasn't as fortunate to have so many great examples. You know, one of the things that, that I loved just kind of watching you uh, parent and, and, and learning how to father and, and how to lead even my own kids is that all of those guys that you just talked about, none of them were perfect. You were not perfect. We are not perfect. But so many in this day and age strive for perfection. They, they, they think that that's what means being a, a good dad or a good husband means that, that you have to be perfect. And that's not always the case. What I loved about all those men that you talked about, and for you as well, is all of you were honest. You showed your mistakes. You didn't lead from perfection. You led from imperfection. And I learned so much uh, watching all those same guys as well, as well as you uh, learning from your mistakes, as well as from your successes. Would, would, would you say that's true for you as well, watching these guys? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, none of us, none of us are perfect. We don't know at all. But I was just very fortunate to have all these men in my life to help me at different stages of my life and to teach me different things. That's right. So let me ask you, what are three things that you think every dad, every father should know? The first thing that you should know 
is that you don't know everything. <laughs> That's good. And you can learn from anybody. The next thing is you listen to your children and you can learn from them too. Mm. And don't, don't go crazy on discipline. It's really easy to go overboard on the discipline. And don't be afraid to say you're sorry when you mess up. Yeah. Well, you, you must have learned that third lesson of don't go overboard on discipline after me. Because uh, I think, man, you, you were pretty disciplinarian for, for us growing up, man. But I love it. You, you, you helped us. You shaped us, man. Well, I mean, it, it was a learning process. You know, you, first of all, you, you start off gung-ho. You want to, oh, you've got to be a certain way and all yeah. of this. But then you realize this. Not every we're not all cookie cutters. Everybody's different. That's right. You got to treat each each person, each child different, and you you can't be too too stern. Can't yeah. can't be too hard. But you can't let you. You got to always be consistent. That's right. Well, tell me about your salvation. Um, you know, I I know that. I was five years old uh, when when you were saved, about four or five years old. Tell me a little bit about that experience and, and how you came to know the Lord real quick. Well, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to be too quick, but anyway, uh, you know, it's like I was a Catholic and, you know, you're pretty safe as a Catholic. You know, it's like you saw where you always got to get out of jail free card mm. with, the, with the purgatory and the, the way that they teach you that it's, you know, you, if you even if you sin and mess up, your family can pray for you even after you die, and you don't go to hell. You go to a place called purgatory, but we know that's that's wrong. Uh, that's that's the background I came from. So I really didn't know. I really wasn't worried if I was lost. Yeah, I found out I was lost through different people talking to me, witnessing to me because of the way I was leading my life. Mm. I was leading my life. I was, I was an alcoholic. I didn't care about nothing. I was just doing what felt good because I could get out of, you know, at the end, you could always get out of it because yeah. you was a Catholic. Yeah. But the day I found out that I was going to hell and I, I was lost, it was very scary. Hmm. I had my brother and, and some friends of mine talk to me. They gave me them little tracks. I don't know if you even got those anymore. I don't see them too much anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, they kept witnessing to me. And I'm a pretty hard-headed guy, but I finally, it finally hit me. And uh, I went to church. And it was great. It sounded good, but, you know, nothing happened. But I, 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 I knew I was lost. And that's a pretty bad place to be. Mm. And I kept, I kept reading the Bible. And it just hit me that Jesus did die for me and he would have died for me if I'd have been the only one in the world. Yeah. And if it would have just been me and it's a free gift and all you got to do is take it. That's it's easy to say, but sometimes it's hard to do. Yeah. But I, I did it that night at, at my house, uh, not at church, but it, that's what happened to me. And I, I just took that gift. I was still very scared, but I knew that I was okay. Yeah, because Jesus died. He, he saved me from. He forgave me of my sins. So from that that night on, I was okay, and I've just been learning ever since. Yeah, that's amazing. And then you you went to church. Um, I, I believe like the very next week, 
Um, why do you think going to church was important at the beginning? And then why did you continue to make church a priority in your life? Well, for me and your mama too, church was like, uh, was like, uh, an oasis in the desert. Mm. It was a treasure trove of information, new information, stuff that we never heard before. We loved going there. It was a place that we could get away from all the stress. And uh, uh, we worked a lot and uh, you were very tired and all of that. So going to church was not a chore. It was it was a blessing. Yeah. And everything was so fresh and uh, stuff, stuff that we'd ever heard before. Yeah. And it just made us feel good and we wanted to keep going. You guys were always part of uh, of Bible studies with friends, and man, we we always hung out with families in the church. Um, how did that help you guys parent? How did it help you grow in your faith and your Bible knowledge with with these types of friendships, these types of Bible studies? Oh well, we we always you know uh, we learn from each other. It was just a good experience, and uh, it's you know when you can go. We went slow over the over the over the word, and just going over verse for verse, yeah, and then giving your opinion about it, and it was just a good experience. And I, everybody should do that, you know. You just you got to just you got to set set time, set aside some time to do it. You're gonna want to do it, yeah. What advice would you give to a new believing dad? right now starting to attend church just beginning that journey maybe somebody like you that that you know came to the lord at home and is looking for a church or maybe they're involved in a church right now that new believing dad what advice would you give them well the, uh, the first thing i would tell him is uh well, i read the book of proverbs and that helped me a lot to raise my kids yeah because your children that's the most the precious things that you're going to get in your life. And they, y'all, none of y'all asked to come here, <laughs> uh, but y'all here. And it, it's, it's, it's y'all, that's your responsibility to take care of. And like I said, you know, you, you listen to your kids, believe in them and try to make them laugh every day. Hmm. Even when you don't feel like it, make time special for your kids yeah. so that they know that you love them. That's good. Well, most of our listeners on this podcast are, you know, they're either leaders or or, or lead pastors of a church, or many of them are on staff at a church, or they lead a ministry. What would you tell them about the expectations that they place on their volunteers? I know you guys volunteered a lot. Um, You led some ministries. You mostly volunteer to help ministries. What advice would you give? What would you tell our listeners about their expectations they place on volunteers? Well, I was thinking about that. Uh, let's see. It, it, you treasure, treasure your workers. You thank God that you have them and you ask God to send you some more of them. And don't ask him to do anything that you wouldn't do yourself. Yeah, that's good. As we're talking through some of this, uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, you know, you sat in a lot of church services. What's the best sermon that you've ever heard, and why was it so good for you? Well, uh, right off the bat, I can think this is Brother Racky preaching about the rapture of the church. Mm. That's the 
to me, okay, that was the first time I ever heard such a thing. And I was so on fire, so excited about having the hope to be alive, to see Jesus come through the clouds on a white horse coming to get me. <laughs> wow. And, I mean, I was, yeah, I, guess I was looking for that. The first time I heard it, then I was, for the next five years, Man. so it was so vivid, and it was you know so real. It's just unbelievable. But that you know, I was you know twenty six years old the first time I heard of that, and I was on fire for that. Yeah, and, uh, it was just great to have that. It's amazing. I think that some sometimes we as pastors, you know, we we take those kind of things for granted. And, and we, we know about the rapture, we've read about the rapture, but yet for you, that was probably your favorite message. And like you said, for five years, it, it kept you alive, well, passionate, going, just looking for that moment. That's exciting. That's incredible. Um, what, would be, uh, what would be your biggest mistake that, that you might've made as being a dad? Well, the biggest mistake I made was uh, with, with my... Uh, James, hmm. he had a he had a little uh, escapade, did a little damage to some property, and I, I went overboard with the discipline. I just hmm. not not only uh, not only with the things that that it made him do to to uh, to make up for it, told him to write a letter, pay pay money that he damaged the property. We went work for the guy for a couple of days yeah. on a Saturday. But I, what it did, the worst thing I did was, I, you know how they say sticks and stones break your bones, but words never hurt you? Yeah. Well, that's not true. Because I, I, told, I told James that, uh, and as soon as I said it, I was sorry. Mm. I told him, I said, no son of mine would ever do something like that. Wow. And as soon as it came out of my mouth, I, I, I was sorry that I said it. Yeah. And right, you know, I, I told him right there to uh, ask him to forgive me, and he did. But um, that's the biggest mis mistake I made, and that's why I say you don't don't discipline in anger. Yeah. Because I was I was really upset about what happened, but I shouldn't have did that. Yeah. And you never should never should do that. Hmm. But that's why I say don't be ashamed or don't be afraid to say you're sorry. That's good. That's really good. And it's good sharing those mistakes. Sometimes, again, you learn more from mistakes than we learn from successes. What, what would be your, your favorite memory about raising your kids in church? Like I said, I was probably five. My, my younger brother then was been one. Uh, and then I don't think my sister or James was even born yet. So um, you've raised most of the kids in church all, all their life. It's really what, what I know. Um, what would be your favorite memory about raising kids in church? Oh well, it's, it's all the all the stuff that we did. It was fun for all of us. All the all the plays, the camps, the softball games, the teams, the picnics, the fairs. It, it was all the things all together. It was always involved. It was always fun. Yeah. But the two things that really stick out to me is is uh, when James he was about seven years old and he was up at the altar, kneeling down raising his hands and seeking the Holy Spirit. Wow. And seven years old. And then you, you, you made a, you made the, a Babe Ruth All-Stars really, really important. 
And then at the same time, it was a youth camp at the same week. So you had to make a decision. And uh, the decision you made was, was to go to youth camp. Yeah. And at, at, the, at that camp, that's when you made the decision to become a youth pastor. That's right. That's right. One thing that I love about that, Dad, is that you always allowed us to make those kind of decisions. You you raised us and and said, "Hey, I'm I'm raising you uh, to make tough decisions. I'm not going to make these kind of decisions for you. I wanted you to make that decision for me. I wanted you to tell me what to do, but but you made me make that decision. And 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 choosing to go to youth camp, the Lord called me into the ministry in that moment, and uh, that was probably the best decision that I ever made. Um, hey, yeah, so- I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's a, me and your mom always did say that you know it, we, we we raised y'all so that you can you can take care of yourself. Yeah, all of y'all, and, and that's it's you know that's you got to make decisions. Even as a kid, you can make decisions. Even even a four year old. Yeah, but you got to allow them this the room and the space to do that. And when you make the decision, you got to live with it. That's right. That's right. And most of the time, you're going to do the right thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you're going to find out. so we're coming up on Father's Day here. Let me ask you, what's the best gift that you ever got for Father's Day? Oh, that was when uh, all of y'all put together and got me that uh, that self-propelled lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That sucker don't need no bag. <laughs> don't, leave the, don't leave no grass. It's like a miracle. You pass it. Pass over it and it's, you don't see nothing. That's awesome. No, uh, just cut, nice cut grass. That's great. Well, we're we're kind of wrapping this up here. We've got just two more questions, and uh, and I, I really appreciate just your heart, Dad, your honesty, and you know, hopefully, the people that are listening to this podcast, maybe it's another young man that is just a new believer that's trying to raise his family. Maybe something stood out here. Maybe it's a staff pastor, uh, you know, and and their eyes might be open to. To, to how uh, other families uh, react and, and, and are coming into to churches. Let me ask you this. What are maybe maybe three to five things, just a, a few things that every dad should tell their kids? Well, the first thing, and I, I know I said it before, respect your elders. Because that is the most, to me, that's one of the most important things. I, do I have time to tell you a little story? Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, I remember us, my daddy, my mom, and taking us down to Bahia, where all the old people lived, and we would always go visit all the all the old people. And it's they would, as a kid, I know they would say the same things all the time, same stories. And I, I even asked my daddy, said, "Well, why? You know, we he always say the same thing." He said, "Well, it's 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 the, it's not." It's not the same thing to them. It's, it's the first time they heard it because they're old and they forgot. Yeah. But it's important to them. So you got to respect that. Mm. Even if you know the answer to a question, ask them their advice and yeah. just show them a lot of respect because they earned it. They deserve it. That's good. And then, uh, the next thing is, uh, I would say to the children, do what you say you're going to do. Don't just talk about it. Do it. Yeah. And do the best you can in everything you do. Don't just do nothing halfway, the best you can. And your word and your reputation 
is very important. So don't do anything to ruin it. That's right. That's good. And, and the last thing, don't brag about yourself. Don't mm. blow your own horn. Like my dad used to tell me, the music is always sweeter when somebody else is playing. That's right. That's right. Don't blow that own horn. You say, don't blow your horn. So as we close this podcast out, the last question here, Dad, what do you want to be known for? What is that legacy that, that you want to leave and people know about you? I wanted to be known that I was a hard worker, took care of my family, and I tried to make people laugh and to lift up their spirits. Yeah, that's good. Well, you sure have done that. You've exampled that in my life. You've exampled that in the, the ministries that you've served and the local churches that you've been in. Um, everywhere you go, people are better for having known you, Dad. Uh, man, this has been an amazing conversation, uh, amazing podcast. Again, Dad, thanks for being willing to share your thoughts with us here today. And um, okay. just, Thank you, son. You got it. I just want to tell you, Dad, thank you. Thanks for being a man worth looking up to. Thanks for being a dad that, that I can see as the example uh, and, and, and just the, the man of God leading your family well. Uh, it sure made an impact on my life. So just want to tell you, thank you and happy Father's Day, Dad. I love you. Love you. See you all later. Take care, Ryan. Well, thanks for listening today to the special Father's Day edition of The Table. The Table podcast can be found at rmdc.org forward slash The Table podcast. We have tons of resources, tons of podcasts on there that can help you help the ministry of your local church. Be blessed, be challenged, and be the leader that God knows that you can be. Thank you for spending time with us around the table. For more resources just like this one, visit thetableresources.com. 